In a world where social media and outrageous beauty standards reign supreme, Girls in Real Life encourages young women to love themselves by living fearless and filter-free. Society might have its own idea of what a girl should be, but we're here to remind you of what it truly means to be a girl in real life. Now, let's get into this week's episode. everyone and welcome to the very first episode of the girls in real life podcast Uh, i am so excited to finally have this out in the world i have been working on girl for months like since december of 2019 and now it is finally out in the world it's a tangible thing that i can see and feel and oh it's just so exciting so before i go on i do want to explain to you guys what girl is and why i decided to start this platform and this organization so girl which stands for Girls in Real Life, is a organization that I started because when I was growing up, I had a lot of self-confidence issues, low self-esteem, and I thought there were a lot of things that were wrong with me as a girl when I was growing up. You know, I had a lot of irrational thoughts. And so I wanted to create this as a safe space for young women to get inspiration, advice, to ask questions, to have real open and honest dialogue about about things that they might be going through in their lives and not feel like they're the only ones going through it. You know, we're in the age of social media and we have filters and we have people who are showing all of the great, amazing things that they're doing in their life. And we have Botox and butt fillers and just all of these different things, right, that we use to make our lives seem better than or that we use to make our bodies feel or look better than. You know, there's this societal standard of beauty that we as girls and women are pushed from a very young age. And it's like all of our lives, we try and reach this level of beauty that is truly and honestly unattainable. So I, again, wanted to start this as a way to show young women what it truly means and to remind them of what it means to be a girl in real life and the real things that we go through and deal with and face on a daily basis. So with that being said, our tagline is fearless and filter free free, which I absolutely love because I feel like it encompasses everything that I am and everything that I want to portray out into the world. So basically the tagline fearless and filter free means that You know, as young women, we have so many dreams, we have so many aspirations and goals that we want to reach in life, and you need to be fearless in doing that, but also the filter-free aspect of it is being authentically yourself and not trying to put on a persona or be someone that you think you need to be in order to get a certain job or a certain position or whatever the case may be. You can genuinely just be yourself, and that should be good enough. So fearless and filter free to me means that you are going after your goals and your dreams and that you are doing it by being authentically 100% yourself. 
So what you should expect from this podcast is real conversations with real women where we give you guys real advice about things that you may have questions about or concerns about. You know, we are here for you and I have so much content lined up for you guys. I have so many amazing guests to come on the show and I just really hope that it enhances your life in some way and uplifts you or inspires you or educates you. So I have been rambling for a good five, six minutes now, and I think it's time that I tell you guys a little bit more about me and who I am and share my personal story. And in the coming weeks, you guys will hear so many incredible stories from so many other amazing women, and I can't wait for that. But I did want to also share my story so that you guys can connect with me and it be a little bit more personal when you guys hear me talking with my guests. So again, my name is Mariah and a very cool fun fact about me is that I am currently Miss Louisiana USA 2020, which is ridiculous to me still. Like sometimes I still can't even believe that I get to say that and do that and be that. So I know I touched on this a little bit earlier about my self-confidence issues when I was younger and things like that. So I actually grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. I am a black woman for those who don't know. And so when I was growing up, I got teased a lot. You know, I'm a black girl at this all white school. I don't really fit in. My hair looks different. I talk a little different. My demeanor is a little different. And so I got made fun of. But one of the main things that I did get made fun of was for my hair. And so I remember the very first time I straightened my hair, it was in the seventh grade, and I go to school and I got so many compliments. I kid you not, like people who had never spoken to me before, never talked to me before, were was coming up to me and was saying how much they liked my hair, how pretty they thought I was, you know, the whole shebang. And so being 12, 13 years old, those are the types of things that you want to hear. You know, you want to be accepted. You want to you want to make friends and have people like you. And so from that point on, I automatically associated straight hair with beauty. And I I would straighten my hair every single day. I would put some type of heat in my hair. And when I tell you my hair smelled like burnt flat iron, it was breaking off. It was stringy. It was just horrible as I got older. And I I hated it. It was so bad and it was so gross. And I didn't know what to do with it because it was so damaged. There was literally no other choice that I had. Also, growing up, I was an athlete. So I never cared about makeup, hair, fashion, none of that. So again, for me to say I miss Louisiana USA is a huge shocker, not only to me, but pretty much to everyone who I grew up with. But sports was my thing. I didn't really care too much about, you know, trying to put on makeup in the morning before I go to school. I was the girl who literally like would sleep in my uniform the night before and wake up five minutes before it was time to get on the bus because I only needed enough time to brush my teeth and wash my face. Right. That was me. (laughs) My older sister, on the other hand, was 
a girly girl, like complete opposite of me. She was a cheerleader. She loved doing her hair and her makeup. And like she was just a total girly girl. And she had been competing in pageants for as long as I could remember. And when I graduated high school, she was getting ready to compete in a local pageant. And she's like, Mariah, I think you should come and compete with me. You know, this would be so much fun and a good experience and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, do you know who I am? I don't wear heels. I don't put on makeup. I don't wear dresses. Like what makes you think this is something I would want to do? And she kept asking and she kept asking. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to do this so you can leave me alone and we can share this is this experience together and I can say that I got to do a pageant with my older sister. So long story short, I ended up placing second runner up at that pageant, which was a huge shocker to me because I wasn't expecting to place at all, like literally at all. <laughs> I was expecting nothing. So for me to get second runner up and I got a cute little medal and everything to go along with it, I was like, oh. I kind of did something. My older sister, on the other hand, of course she won because she's a queen and she's good at all of this stuff, right? And so after that point, I started college. I was playing volleyball in college and, you know, I wasn't really too concerned about competing in another pageant. And so the following year, when my sister went to give up her crown, I, of course, was there sitting in the audience rooting her on and I I don't know what came over me, but as I was sitting in the audience, I was just like, you know what? I think I want to do this again. And again, it was just something that just came over me. I don't know why. I don't know how. It just kind of happened. And so when the pageant was over, I told my sister, I said, hey, you know, I think I really want to compete in a pageant again. And she was so excited. She was like, yes, I can finally have my way with you and we can do this thing and you can go compete and blah, blah, blah. So there was literally a, a pageant a week away. So I got ready for this pageant in one week. I got my evening gown my swimsuit, practice my walk, interview questions, all of that in a matter of a week's time. Talk about stressful, okay? So we get to the pageant, I'm competing. There's a lot of girls in the competition, at least like 15. And I was like, oh my goodness, there is no way I'm going to win this. And then the impossible happened. <laughs> Your girl won. And I was like, oh my God, this is happening. This happened. Okay. So that was the first time I got to go compete at Miss Louisiana USA. And that was back in 2015. So I was a little baby. I was 19 at the time. So I go and I compete at Miss Louisiana USA. I make like the top 15, but nothing more than that. But honestly, the top 15 was my goal because this was my first time there and I really didn't expect much else from it. So I was glad that I was able to reach my goal at that point and make the top 15. And so after I competed that year, I said, you know what, I'm going to take a break from pageants and I'm just going to finish out school and finish out my volleyball career so that I can focus on one thing at a time. Because if you're a collegiate athlete or an athlete, period, you know how much time that takes up. I had practice, I had study hall, I had workouts and just so many other things. So my schedule was just always hectic and always crazy. 
Meanwhile, while I was at school, at college, I went to an HBCU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana called Southern University. All my Jaguars, where y'all at? (laughs) And I remember, you know, being on campus and seeing so many beautiful black women being unapologetically themselves and embracing who they were. And, you know, for me, growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood, I was finally surrounded by people who looked like me, who had hair like me, who had bodies like me, and they weren't ashamed of it. They embraced it and they loved it and they had so much confidence. And I I remember thinking to myself, like, oh my goodness, I want to have this type of confidence. And so when I was about a freshman or sophomore in college, I started my natural hair journey and I stopped straightening my hair completely. I put away the straighteners and I just really started to embrace my hair at every stage that it was at. And I I made myself continually look in the mirror and just love what I saw because for so many years I hated my hair and I hated the way that I looked. And so I literally had to make myself love who I was at every phase of my life. So by the time I graduated college, my curls were flourishing. I was confident. I loved myself. I loved my hair. I had never seen my hair be so healthy and so curly before. And it was just a really great feeling. And so when I graduated college in the fall of 2017, I said, you know what? It's time to give Miss Louisiana USA another go. Yeah, so I get ready to compete at Miss Louisiana USA And I'm working with a pageant coach. And so I remember I went to pageant practice one day and I was talking to my pageant coach and I said, hey, I really think that I want to wear my natural hair this year, you know, when I compete. And, you know, he looks at me and he says, Mariah, I love your hair, but I just don't think that's what the judges are really looking for. And at that moment, I just remember my confidence being knocked down like 10 notches and literally every irrational thought that I had about black women in pageantry was validated for me at that moment. You know, I always thought that black women would never fully be accepted for their hair texture or their skin color or their bodies or whatever the case may be. And in that one little sentence, he validated all those irrational thoughts for me. And so I said, you know what, maybe he's right. Maybe the judges aren't ready to have a natural haired Miss Louisiana USA. You know, maybe I just need to follow the norm and do what I've been doing and just hope for the best. And so that's what I did. And I went and I competed and I still lost. And I remember being so heartbroken about it because I truly wanted to win. And this was the first time in my life that I actually wanted to win a pageant. You know, every other time before that, I was either forced or it was happened by luck. But this was the first time that I actually told my sister, I said, I want to do this. And so for me to put in all that work and all that time and all that effort and still come out a loser, <laughs> to for lack of better words, um, it was really heartbreaking. And so I remember after I competed that year, I had a choice to make. Did I want to compete again or did I want to just forget about pageants and move on with my life? Because at the time I had just started graduate school and, you know, I was starting a new phase of life. And so I really had to think, is this something that God wants for me? in my life. Ultimately, I decided that I would give the pageant one more try, but 
I told myself it had to be under one condition. I had to wear my natural hair. I could not let anybody else stop me from doing the things that I wanted to do or stop me from presenting myself the way that I wanted to present myself to the world. You know, I worked hard to get the confidence level that I had at that point. I worked hard to learn how to love my hair. And I almost let somebody in a split second erase all of the work that I had done over the years. And I said, you know what? I'm never doing that again. I'm going to do this my way. And if I lose, then that's fine. At least I can know that I put my best foot forward and I wasn't trying to be somebody that I'm not. I wanted to represent young girls who look like me. I wanted to show them that, hey, you can do this too. And you don't have to change things about yourself you don't have to straighten your hair or change your body and you can still win something of this caliber because you are beautiful in spite of what the norms say and so with that being said I was able to win Miss Louisiana USA and I remember being so humbled and so grateful for the opportunity to have this platform and to preach self-love and self-acceptance to young women everywhere. That has been my purpose. That has been my calling through my entire reign and that is why I started Girls in Real Life because I knew that I was put here for a reason and if this can help at least one person then I have done my job and I will be truly completely happy so I always tell people you know that pageants led me on this beautiful journey of self-love and self-discovery because when I first started pageants when I was 18 years old I had no idea who I was I didn't love myself I tried to be this person that I wasn't I put on this facade basically. And every time I competed in a pageant, I learned something new about myself. And it was so beautiful to see that transformation. I look at pictures of myself and I'm like, wow, that young girl didn't even believe that this was possible. She didn't even think that she was beautiful at that time in her life. And now I'm able to help young girls see their beauty and embrace the things that they can't change about themselves and to love themselves for it. Because what makes you different is what makes you beautiful. And that is what I'm trying to get across. That is the message that I'm trying to preach to young girls through this platform and through this podcast. So that's a little bit about me and my pageant journey and my self-love journey. It's a very condensed version. There's a lot of other things that happened, but I figured for the sake of time, I would give you guys the cute little short story version. But like I said, I really hope this podcast and this platform is able to just help you in your life or in your self-love journey. And also another thing, I want you guys to understand that self-love is a never-ending journey. You are going to have so many different phases in your life where your body is changing or your life is changing and you're going to have to learn how to love yourself all over again. Whether you're going through puberty or whether you get pregnant and you have a baby or whether you have an accident and your body physically changes. There are so many different stages and things that could happen in your life that would require you to have a new level of self-love. And that is something that I am learning as I've gotten older. And, you know, self-love is a beautiful thing. It's a hard thing, but it's a beautiful thing. And I hope that through this, 
I am able to help at least one person on their self-love journey and truly help them understand that they are beautiful, they matter, they are worth it, they are capable, they are impactful. You know, I could go on and on and on, but I won't because I'm running out of time. I'm just so glad that I've been put in this position. I'm so glad that God has given me this vision and I can't wait to see where it goes. I can't wait to see our family grow and I can't wait to help you guys on your journey. Before I go, I'm always going to end every single podcast with this. You know, any guest that I have or anything, I'm always going to ask them what is the biggest life lesson that they have learned? Because I always say like, man, I wish I would have known this or this when I was at that age. And so at this stage in my life, you know, what is the biggest life lesson that I have learned? And for me, it has been being the best version of yourself is always better than being the off-brand version of someone else. No one can be you and that is your superpower. So just focus on being the best you that you can be instead of comparing yourself to other people or comparing yourself through social media or magazines because society has a way of bringing us down on ourselves, you know, especially with age for women. You know, we have to be married by a certain age. We have to have kids by a certain age in our career and so many different things. And it's like, who said that? Who came up with these rules? Who sat down and said, this is what you have to accomplish by this state and time. And if you don't, you are a failure. No, you're not a failure. Everyone has their own time to do their own thing. Put in the work, do everything that you can do. Be the best you that you can be and let God do the rest because he does it every single time. I'm telling you, I have lived it. Okay, so I'm going to end the show there. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait for y'all to hear the upcoming week's episodes because they're powerful. Let me just tell you. So thank you again. I can't wait for you to join this journey that I am starting and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode i hope that it was able to enhance your life in some way don't forget to subscribe to our podcast before you leave and also follow us on instagram at underscore girls irl go out and live a fearless and filter-free life and always remember to keep it real